Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25. Here's to the winning combination for 2023, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, while supplies last. You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit lakings.com slash podcast. Kopitar for Byfield, streaks it on left wing, down to the circle, forced behind the net, he centers, score! You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Byfield falling down as Benning works it around, held in left point. Anderson with a shot, tip, score! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. It's official, you guys. The LA Kings have swept the season series against the San Jose Sharks. It's 3 to nothing, and the Sharks can't come back from that because the Kings won't play them again until next season. Dennis Bernstein and Zach Dooley joined me for a quick post-game chat, but stick around when that's over because Alex Iafalo joined me and Zach Dooley in our podcast studio Tuesday morning. We are now here in the bowels of Crypto.com Arena. Joining me, Dennis Bernstein. How are you doing today, Dennis? Doing great, Jess. How are you? Featuring Zach Dooley. How are you doing, Zach? Featuring Zach. As always. Yeah. Uh, listen, the LA Kings come away with a 4-3 to victory over the San Jose Sharks in a game that Coach Todd McClellan just told us. We're just now recording this after speaking to him in the uh, post-game media availability. Not their best game. Fair to say, Zach Dooley? Yeah, I think that that's accurate. Um what I really liked was the entirety of that quote, which is like, you know, two years ago, the Kings probably don't win that game on a night when they don't have their A game. They couldn't find a way to win without it. And I think that's maybe a sign of evolution. And we actually kind of saw it, I think, when the Sharks were here a few weeks ago, not their best game of the year, but they found a way to get a win against a team that they should beat more often than not. They did that tonight. It wasn't the prettiest effort. It wasn't the, the most glamorous, but two points are two points, two more points in the bank and seem to be saying that quite a bit as of late. Dennis, you asked McClellan about Quentin Byfield. What did you think about 55's play tonight? I think he's been great the last two weeks. He's a more confident player. And I asked him if he's okay playing left wing and maybe his future's on left wing. He says, I just want to play and get minutes and play with top players. And that's the attitude he's got to have. And look, I wrote this this week. There's precedent. Adrian Kempe, drafted as a center, went up a winger. Gabe Velarde, more of a precedent. Now a right wing. Maybe he's the left wing that of LW1 of the future, but I'm impressed. And he's getting, you know, details to his game. And there's some toughness in his game now that wasn't there. And I think it goes to his confidence. Zach, we were talking about his strengths during the game and board battles. I mean, you wrote about it, talked to him about it. Just incredible. Yeah, and it, that's that's something you kind of learn and do a lot more on the wing, right? We never really saw him in those positions at center, mm. especially in the defensive end. He's been a monster on the boards. Like, he's winning these battles left and right. He's told me, you know, point blank, he has put more focus on puck retrievals, on puck hunting, on winning those battles in the corners along the wall. He's been outstanding there. So I think you can point to so many things, even coming into today when he had just one assist from five games on that line. He was doing all these things really, really well. And now we got two points to add on to that. And it's just, it's just a cherry on top because he was complimenting 
Kempe and Kopitar complementing that line so well, doing so many good things. Really nice to see him get rewarded. Dennis, this is my recent obsession, so I'll go to you and not Zach, because I know Zach's t- tired of hearing me talk about it. If you ask him if he knows who found that jersey, <laughs> I am walking out of this. I don't have context to that. I saw <laughs> a, a tweet about it briefly, but I don't have any context. No, 25 block shots in the game yeah. tonight for the Kings. Okay. They are a shot-blocking machine mm-hmm. yep. uh, in the last six weeks. Um we heard time and time again from Todd McClellan they need to learn how to play to win, you know. Correct. Yep. Play to win, not to score, which right. is his phrase of the week. Great but I phrase, mean, right? This to me felt like a game where maybe it wasn't the best game from the team, but it felt like it wasn't the best game in the offensive zone. Defensively, I felt like they were not that dissimilar to the team we've seen recently. It was a what? A B, a B minus performance? The competition, lack of competition helped them, but. It's the details in their game. You have to do that. You you have to certain things that you have to do. And Todd says doing stuff you don't like to do. And man, some guys like to block shots. I think. I think it's their forte. And if it keeps you in the league or being a shot blocker, it, it's again you go back to and and to Zach's point about not winning this game two years ago. Forget two years ago. They don't win this game six weeks ago in November. You know what happens in November? They don't get a goal in the first period. So yeah. he makes twenty saves. And it's nothing, nothing, and you you make a mistake. The power play didn't, the penalty kill didn't burn them in the third period, which was great to see. They tied the game, but they they weren't resilient. But yeah, they're doing the little things that a defensive team needs to do to win games. It's as simple as that. It's not rocket science that we're talking about here. Do you guys remember the Ottawa game last year? I don't remember when it came in the season, but they won. And I think we all said, I think we spoke after the game, and it was like, if that was anybody but Ottawa, they lose that game. Yeah. And that was sort of a sign of like, oh, this team sort of turned a corner. And even though they don't play a great game, they beat a lesser opponent. No disrespect. No, you know what? Tons of disrespect to the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> they beat a lesser opponent, but they should. Right? And they should be able to be. You know, listen, the, the Edmonton Oilers just, you know, absolutely hammered the yeah. Anaheim Ducks. And we're sitting here and we're saying, yeah, of course you knew that was going to happen. Well, this team will be yeah. good when they beat the San Jose Sharks. And we shrug and go, yeah, of course. And it's about context, though, because remember, they just went through a gauntlet. Right, yeah. they beat Dallas. They were two two with Boston in the third, and that's basically a win because Boston never loses. Mm-hmm. They beat Edmonton convincingly. So this game, you got to exhale at some point. Now they get some rest here. They only have three games in the next uh, ten days, but it's a game that the teams go out and should win. That's what should happen. I think Duels and I said before the game, it's a game you should win. So go out, win the game, make plays in the third period. That's what they did. We took it as a victory that they only allowed one point to uh, Connor McDavid the other night. Just an assist tonight for Eric Carlson. I think that's a win. You forgot they played Connor McDavid when we talked. I know I did. (laughs) I totally did. (laughs) Now it really should have been two assists for Eric Carlson if you. But it was one. It was one. Um, Should have been one power play goal for Edmonton, but it it wasn't. wasn't, Right. So I I mean, anytime you can hold a player like that in Mm -hmm. check, uh, to me, I the. The player that seems to continually burn the Kings is Timo Meyer. Yeah. Um, has the most goals against the Kings over yeah. the last, uh, I think I looked up this morning, six or seven years. He, he continually buries. Um, but you, you dodge, he gets the goal, but you overcome it. Carlson does contribute on a couple goals, but you overcome it. So their, their big players did contribute. They did hurt the Kings, if you will, but didn't hurt them in the standing. So I think that is important to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into play of the game, player of the game. Dennis, we'll start with you, play of the game. Uh, play of the game was Velarde's tip in the deep slot to give them the lead again after they were um, 
challenge. So that to me, that's the the play of the game. There's a lot of skill. There's no luck to that. There's a lot of skill involved in that. To me, that was the play of the game. I'm gonna say it was Quinton Byfield's assist on Adrian Kempe's goal to dodge the check down the left wing. Yep. Have the drive to get you know to the net aggressively and have the foresight to get it in front. I thought that was the play. That's a National League play, (laughs) dude. That that, that is a National League play. I don't approve of the National League name, but I um, know you don't. That's why I said it. (laughs) I have have to. I know. know, Uh, I'm gonna go with Drew Doughty, not only because of the timing of the goal, which was what a minute or two after they retake the lead then he gets the insurance goal which as it turns Huge out they 100 percent needed but also the way he scored it and listen i understand that if you ask one of the coaching staff or even some of the players if it matters to score in a game when your counterpart who has been your nemesis in the press if not if only in the press and among the fans but for drew Doughty to score a goal in a game with eric carlson on the other bench and then to hear the crowd doing the drew chant you could see him grinning and laughing on the bench about it i wish i had a chance to ask him about it but we he was already cleared out of the room by the time we got there i i believe that it has to matter to him it certainly made me happy as a fan um so for me that was the play of the game what was interesting is that when he scored that goal it was the first time you kind of took a breath mm-hmm. and then it, it it turned out to be a lot more than just a breather it was essential mm-hmm. uh, when you give up the goal with the with the empty net so huge goal can't really argue with either of your selections, I don't think. That's a throwback goal, though. That's a goal he scored yeah. five years ago when he was – I don't want to say he's not in his prime anymore, but the, the, the productive Drew Doughty, that was an impressive goal. If he played a full season last year, we might have – I mean, he, he got his fair share of goals. He was in the year. Norris yeah. mix. Like, he was – I mean, mm-hmm. it's only – he only played half the year, but 60-plus yeah. point pace. DB, your player of the game. Quentin Byfield. Has to be goal and assist breaks the snot, breaks his donut, and a more confident player. And you know Todd's going to have to get used to all the Quentin Byfield questions <laughs> in the press conference if he keeps it up. But I, I think clearly his all around best game from production and just the other small things and details in his game. So certainly for me, it was Quentin Byfield. Am I allowed to say the same thing? Sure. Is that is that cool Absolutely. on this program? Well, I, I, I you're going to force obvious, me right? not to say it because I don't. That's fine. Make you, it you could say somebody yeah, else, right. but I, I thought it was. It was great to see him get rewarded, and it felt like tonight was the culmination of six games for Quentin yeah, Byfield, yeah. not just It was a payoff for him, exactly. It was a payoff right. for sure. Mm-hmm. So great to see him get it, um, really impactful. So I'm going to go with him as well. I'm going to say Phoenix Copley because that first goal was his fault. Yeah. No it was Bad absolutely play. just a – Shouldn't be in a net. Yeah, that was not – and I feel comfortable saying that because how many times have we seen a goal like that scored on Jonathan Quick, right? Plenty, right? Anyway, so Jonathan right? Quick's like, not the starter anymore. Well, right. but I mean, when he was yes, early yeah, in his agree. career, handled the puck, he'd yeah, send he it straight that, out to somebody's no. like, for him to rebound and then give the rest of the game performance that he gave. Um, right. The two other goals, were, I mean, you yeah. mentioned Meyer from 20 feet out, he's make, he, he's 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 putting that shot. Mm-hmm. And Barabanov, there was no coverage. So, yeah, it, it's it that's what you need. You need resiliency from goaltenders and he's been resilient. And despite the fact that that first goal was 100% his fault coming off of his stick, I asked him when you guys were all talking to Quentin Byfield if he was trying for the goalie goal at the end there. Are you trying for the goal there at the end? Yeah. And he said, yeah. It looked like it, yeah. That was it. He just yeah. said, there yeah. There wasn't that enough was time. <laughs> I think he got it with like three or four seconds yeah. left. I don't think, but even if he got it down the ice and went to score, but to yeah. To know that you made a mistake that resulted in a goal and then as it was the game is coming down to have it in the back of your head, like there's a chance. <laughs> it's got, it's got that North Pole in him. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Ice water in the veins. Ice water um, in the veins. So yeah, so for me, it's Phoenix Copley. Uh, the Kings got a couple days off, then New Jersey, then four days off, then Dallas. Um, 
what do we, you know what do we need from this team over those final two home games to feel like you know Dennis Zach and I've talked about this a ton yeah. the problem with inconsistency is that the only way you can slay the fear of inconsistency is with consistency right how you know there is no answer to this question but how many games does this team have to keep being consistent before the conversation completely goes away I think we're there I I, I think the next two games not even winning. Let me see the performances against two, a first-place team and a really quality team that bounced back against Carolina, won a big road game playing Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer. These are two tough games, and the, then the gauntlet's over. Right? But I think right now, 10-2-1 in the last 13, that's a whole month of play. Like That's not a fluke anymore. It's not a three-game winning streak. This is a team that consistently wins, finds different ways to win. And just the, I think what they need is better health. You get back more Kaliev and Arvidsson from his illness – like, where are you playing all these guys? It's So, I think, I, I, look, I've said it before. This team, and I picked them to win the division. They absolutely can win the division. Because there's the other teams in the division, I just don't trust. I'm not sure about Vegas goaltending. Um, I think we're already at, we're at the inflection point where we can say, all right, this is a legit team. They can win the division. And now what can they do in the playoffs? I think that's, we're at that point where in the next five to ten games, if they could, say, go seven and three in the last ten, Zach, then you can say, Okay, what can this team do in the postseason? Because they will make the postseason. I, I don't want to alarm anybody, but yeah. the Kings are tied for first place in the division. They are three games in hand for Vegas. Uh, well, hey, that's, point, points in the bank, right? Yeah, yeah. Points in the bank. They, they won the count. games though, when, right? When if Vegas games loses played, three in a row, then they're, t- then they're <laughs> yeah. tied for first. Or yeah. they're in first. I think they're there as well. Yeah. Uh, I think we talked about it, you and I, a little bit this morning. Um, and it's the stretch of games they just played. Three one and zero, four great performances against three division leaders and last year's playoff foe. But also, you win a game like this one when you don't have your best. That's the sign of a good team. And I, I think that even on nights, I think you said what ten two and one. Yeah, ten two and one. Yep. In none of those games has a loss been like it was earlier in the year. It's mm-hmm. never been like they haven't committed. Like look at the Philly loss. It wasn't a great performance, but it wasn't like they abandoned the system and went rogue it was 2-2 in the third they just they gave up you know a weird goal at the end and lost essentially three to two so i think over that stretch since the third period in buffalo consistency has been there the kings have found their style of play they found their approach the way they want to handle the games and they're there these next two i think kind of start something a new segment if you will as todd kind of put it this morning in a really small sample size over 10 or 11 days they got trapped against philly they didn't get trapped tonight. Like if they had lost this game, were they caught? Doesn't... Like in a cage? Zach doesn't. <laughs> are they? Are games. they wild prey? Were they caught <laughs> by a hunter? No, but look, they they've gone through a gauntlet. They played a lot of really good teams. They lose to Philly. Um, I, I, last year's team might have lost to this tonight, right? So I think that's even even in the really small sample size of ten days. And saying okay, this was like okay, this is a game they should win. They lost to Philadelphia. Go win this game, and, and who cares if it's a B-plus or B-minus performance? Get the two points, like Zach said. Stack wins, and that's what they're doing right now. They're a really confident team. You joked about the byfield questions, but honestly, the answer to me for any subject that you want to bring up comes down to how many times the questions get asked. So we don't hear questions about Velarde anymore. We don't hear questions right. about Kempe anymore. Right. We don't hear questions about identity anymore. We don't hear questions mm-hmm. about consistency anymore. We don't hear questions about Copley anymore. Yep. We're starting to get questions about you know about the game that was just played. Well, we only got what to ask questions about Kempe and Velarde. It was me anyway. So, yeah, but the I point is like, yeah, but 
It's done. Right. It's settled. Proven. There's nothing to ask and, anymore. And to Todd's point, it's not just about Gabe not scoring right. or not. Like, he's an impact player now without scoring, which is the growth in his game, yeah. which is the confidence with the strength on the boards and making other – again, I hate to bring in the word details, but the details are there in his game, and that's what make complete plays. And Todd said himself, what keeps you up here is in the points, right? It's the consistency. It's the yeah. little things. Doing the things you don't want to do. Exactly. So <laughs> that's, I think that's – Yeah. on pace yeah. for 30. Yeah. On well, top yeah. of doing all the right? – Did like you turn your mic off? Oh, no, it's just far away from your voice, from your mouth. Can you not hear me? Now now? I can. Um, Yeah, I just, you know, two more weeks, not even two more weeks, five more games of that from Quentin Byfield, and we won't be asking questions about Quentin Byfield. Agreed. Agreed. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Keep listening, Kings fans. We're going to bring you an interview with Alex Ifall coming up now. Hey, Kings fans. Before we get into our conversation with Alex Ifall, I wanted to share a little bit about where it's coming from. If you've got a few minutes, I want you to pause this podcast and go watch a video called Balance, an Alex Ayafalo story. You can find it on the LA Kings YouTube page. It's directed by Mike Bromley, and it's a look at how Alex balances his love for hockey with his love for the outdoors, and specifically, surfing. It's about five minutes long, and it might provide a little extra context for the following conversation. Joining us now, number 19, Alex Iafalo. How are you doing today, Alex? How are we doing, gentlemen? i got to ask you this. I ask everybody about it. I really don't feel comfortable using nicknames, but everybody refers to you as AI. Do you prefer that? Do you prefer Alex? That's fine with me. I feel like uh, first day I got here, everyone just started calling me AI. All right. Well, I'll I'm going to call you Alex. And... But... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. Uh, and, of course, featuring Zach Dooley. How are you doing today, Zach? Jesse, doing great. Doing great. Happy to be here. So, Alex, we're here to talk to you about this video coming out called Balance. Focusing on you uh, and the balance between your profession, hockey player, and your passion, your hobby. Would you call it a hobby? It's a hobby for sure. Yeah. Okay. Surfing. Yeah. Surfing. Where's the line drawn on like hobby and, I mean, I'm assuming at this, do you consider yourself a surfer? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, every off day or in the summer, especially, you know, I'm always out there pretty much every day. So it's more of a extreme hobby that i just love to do every day like where's the line between hobby and part of your identity <laughs> that's probably part of my identity now yeah yeah you have anything like that zach i certainly don't have the coordination to surf no um <laughs> but like being a dolphins fan that's not your hobby that's who you are no that's just an unfortunate part of my <laughs> yeah. of my being oh, yeah. <laughs> um so the title of the video alex is balance um and it's a apt title because it's about the balance between the two halves of your life but also i've attempted surfing a few times and could not do it for precisely the reason zach mentions which is balance Uh, my legs were simply not strong enough to keep my balance on the board and i said enough of this how long did it take you to master like just the subtle beginning phases of learning how to surf took me a while i wish i was i was too stubborn to um kind of go to a teacher and stuff so i after rookie year, I just, um, you know, you have so many weeks off before you start training again just to recover. And I just stayed here and literally tried surfing every day. So it probably took me a few weeks to actually, you know, get the hang of it. And then obviously years to get better and better. Um, but it's definitely, it's a battle. It's hard to learn, but you figure it out after a while, you know. 
this might come as a shock to anybody who saw you and I standing next to each other, but you're in much better shape than I am. Um, I'm wondering if, like, when you're learning something like that, can you even tell that it is physically taxing to a, to a non-professional athlete? Or were you just sort of like, okay, this is, you know, less rigorous than getting bag skated? It's, uh, I think it's, it doesn't matter what kind of physical ability, honestly. It's like each board is different and floatable, whatever. And you can, I was too stubborn again. So I learned on a short board, which was not smart. And then I eventually went to the longer board, which I was either able to pick it up, you know, easier and easier. So, um, everybody's different, but you can definitely pick it up. Everyone can learn how to surf. Do you ever watch rocket power? Oh yeah. Be like Tito. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I'm a little bit too old for everyone's power, everyone's, for <laughs> everyone can surf. Everyone, all these, all these different body types were out there. And yeah, they played hockey in that too. Yeah, right? they did. Yeah, they did. They got to bring that show back. Great show. Yeah, it was one of my favorites. Fantastic. When I was in my early 20s, I lived with a, a guy who would travel all over the world on these surfing trips, and he would always talk about longboard, shortboard. What's the difference between a longboard and a shortboard? Uh, I guess just kind of the style and um, how you want to surf the wave. If it's smaller waves, you want a longer board, but, you know, short board, you're ever able to, uh, you know, maneuver and, um, yeah, I guess style and how you want to surf each spot too. I feel like Manhattan's a lot of shorter, short boards. Um, you know, as you go down south, there's some longer boards, so it's really up to you and how you want to do it. Is there a, another, I'll say sport that makes surfing easier? Like when I learned how to ski, the fact that I could ice skate was very helpful to me is like skateboarding or snowboarding or wakeboarding is any of that helpful when learning to surf yeah i'd say skateboarding skateboarding for sure snowboarding wakeboarding all that stuff i hear it from other people like you know can you do it can you does they do they relate and they do kind of but you know surfing's obviously different you got to time the way if you're not getting pulled by a boat if you're wakeboarding or whatever so they all come hand in hand i feel like did you have any of that going in like could can you surf or can you you know wakeboard or snowboard any of those kinds of things yeah i can wakeboard you guys wakeboard i have wakeboarded wake surf too all that stuff yeah yeah i feel like it's pretty it's yeah. pretty similar but okay. obviously when you get to the ocean it's a different animal yeah what's the surfing community like compared to the hockey community the hockey community gets a knock for being not welcoming to new fans and you know real gatekeepy but the surfing community i think the impression of it people have is like oh they're surfers it's cool you know they'll be but i've have heard horror stories yeah there's obviously every spot's different every town is different um i feel like everybody's pretty chill that i've met i'm not going to crazy spots where pros get pro guys are but um yeah everybody's been pretty nice obviously you can as long as you don't uh hit anybody or, or cutting anybody off out there everybody's pretty chill so i'm watching the video trying to imagine how i would react to your life which is silly but nonetheless i hear you on the video talking about you know when you're surfing when you're out on on the water you're thinking about hockey you're thinking about the team i would have imagined before hearing you say that that it would be like a break from all that. And that when you're on the water, you're thinking about surfing. When you're on the ice, you're thinking about hockey. Is it an opportunity to view the rest of your life in a different perspective? For sure. I mean, first, uh, when you're learning, you're obviously thinking about trying to figure it out. But 
now that you get the hang of it, it's become part of your life. And when I go out there, I do think of, you know, the biggest part of my life, which is hockey and, well, obviously family, but like what I'm doing here, um, I think about it all the time and I'm lucky enough to be able to surf and play hockey. But yeah, when I do go out there, I think of good stuff, you know, positive stuff, um, you know, like what I have to do tomorrow and, you know, what I can do to get better on the ice and I feel like just the ocean is a calming presence, which helps you think about that stuff. Does it... I've become sort of fascinated the older I get with the notion of focus, right? And so, not that it's even remotely comparable, but Zach can speak to this with me. When when you do like something live TV or something, you're focused on the moment because you can't screw up, right? The consequences of screwing up are not acceptable, so you just lock in and you focus and you're not thinking about anything else but that. I'm assuming surfing is similar because if you make a mistake, you know, you're at the bottom of the ocean getting your head knocked open by a rock or something. Yeah. No, that's spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Does that focus, though, free up that other part of your mind to then? I would say so for sure. Yeah. You know, you're you're on high alert, too, and um, you're always thinking. So when, it's, when you're waiting for a wave, you're just sitting there enjoying, you know, your surroundings so you can think a lot more. Do you have that moment, like, I don't know if either of you guys have experienced this, but most people in Southern California have if you're driving on the freeway for a long time and suddenly you look up and realize you've t- dusted 20 miles and you d- can't remember a single mile of it, like they're just gone. You're just been like, there. oh, I've just been, been driving sure. this whole time, like nobody's home. Does that, do you ever find that when you're surfing where you just go? For sure. No, yeah. Yeah. You get lost, you know, you, yeah, the ocean, the waves just keep coming, you know, so, um, it's fun to just stay out there and, and enjoy the moment. So you said you picked it up after your rookie year, right? Did you have maybe issues or was it harder to find that life balance in that first year? And was that maybe something that, that surfing's now helped you to find because you, you kind of have that thing away from the rink that you can do? Yeah, it definitely helped out. I mean, obviously during the season, I'm taking it pretty serious, so I'm not surfing a lot. Um, but just to have, just to watch the waves and... Um, you know, have that option to surf on an off day or whatever. Think about, you know, your game and, and how you want to elevate it. Um, definitely helps out. Is it harder Is it harder to find that balance as a pro than it was in college? Like in college, your life is so structured. You have classes, yep. practice, and then I'm sure you're doing some – we're all doing some less than healthy habits away from the rink. But in the pros, your time is your own, right? Is it harder yep. to kind of find that in, maybe in that first year? Yeah, you got to balance it out. I mean, you got to – strategize i guess to um yeah you know you mean the rookie year yeah first year yeah it is definitely different you know having that schedule from college um obviously we work out have meetings for the first hour or two um and then you know being pro you're you're done the rest of the day if you have practice you know so um you got to find something to do or you know find something to put your mind focus on something you know Mm -hmm. you're in your sixth year now When I was a kid, my dad used to ask me these little questions just to try and give me something to think about. And he'd always ask me, who's got less responsibility or, I don't know, who's got less stress, a a homeless person or like a billionaire? And I'd come up with whatever answer I wanted to give him and then he'd just ask me, well, why? And then he'd just fight with me about whatever the answer was. You come into the league and, and onto a Kings team, you're not drafted, the team makes the playoffs, 
there's high expectation. It's coming off of those, you know, that cup era. The team struggles. Now the team's back up to, you know, contention status. Which era of your career was most stressful? Coming in as a rookie onto a team that's established, trying to establish yourself as the team itself is rebuilding, or now being a veteran on a team that's back, coming back up? Most stressful, I would say, um, I guess the re- beginning of the rebuild, maybe. I felt like I had a lot a lot of stress just to you know, perform very highly, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely not stressful now. Well, it is stressful <laughs> yeah, don't during the games, that. but <laughs> it is very it is stressful, but a good stress. You know, it's um, everybody's playing great. It's a good vibe around the around the rink, and um, you know we're, we're keeping to ourselves and and staying humble. So we just got to keep doing that, and it's uh, it's been pretty fun this year. Do you find that that mindset makes the other things in your life more enjoyable? Like, is it more fun to go to the beach when you have that pressure relieved? Yeah, for sure, and. You know, you think about it all the time, just trying to stay positive and, and keep working towards your goals. So, um, yeah, that's it's been fun so far. Have you heard? This is probably a violation, Zach. Stop me if it is. Okay. Have you heard all the nice things that Todd McClellan has said about you in the post game press conferences and practices and everything? I, I hear it from others. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How does that feel? No, he, he's uh, he's a hell of a coach, and you know, it's an honor to play for him. Um, learned a lot from him, and. and uh, and the other coaches, so um, you know he's got us on a, on a good schedule right now, and, and everyone's buying into the system. So um, you know we just got to keep doing it. Do you at all pay attention to the outside noise, like what people are writing or saying about yourself for the team? I hear it mainly from family, so I don't really have to do that. <laughs> so you got someone else doing it for you? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So I don't really have Twitter or any of that stuff. So yeah, that's smart. I, I'm very smart. Yeah, yeah. don't ever get but, it. It's, <laughs> it's not helpful. Um, when the team lines up before the game, now I'm just going to ask random questions. So rain me in if I get out of control. When the team's lined up in the hallway, we sit up on the jumbotron. You're coming out for warm-ups. How does that order decided? What do you mean? Like who goes out first? Who's second, third, fourth, fifth? You know, there's oh, a little like kid standing next to the winner. You all high five the yeah. little kid. Like how, who decides that order? I guess we do. We just kind of go out. I mean, it's not the same every time. It is the same every time. Okay. <laughs> once you get, I feel like preseason, you figure it out if you uh-huh. get new, new guys on the team, and then once they have their spot, like I've behind, I've been behind Juice, going out for warmups, going out first, second, third, since I got here. And what if would, when Fiala got here, he was like, "I'm going out after Adrian." It's not so much a big deal to me. <laughs> I don't really, I don't actually care. Okay. So it's, if he's in a good, good headspace. Go ahead. But All right. He wouldn't do that. He's everybody's awesome. This this team's everybody's friendly. Everybody gets it, and I feel like everybody's accountable enough to, you know, put in their own opinion. Now I'm not going to ask for details, but I'm going to hold you to that answer for a second because I've heard it's real easy every year for every coach and every player to say, "Yeah, this group is." Phenomenal. This group is great. Yeah, you know, we were yeah. listening oh, yeah. to Drew Doughty last night 100%. talk about how much fun it is to come to the rink. But saying that means that it wasn't always necessarily that way. Yeah. So you don't got to tell me who, you don't got to tell me when, but does that mean that in your six years here, it wasn't always necessarily that great a locker room? Yeah, there was, I mean, I feel like the um, togetherness was always there. Mm-hmm. But when you get losing, losing streaks like that, everyone gets 
mad and it gets quiet. And not necessarily that everyone was mad at each other, but just the whole round gameplay. Probably for a year or two was just, you know, it takes a toll on you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just how it goes. You know, you're, you're not winning, you're, you're angry. So um, let's keep winning. <laughs> winning cures all. It does, yeah. Are there other teammates who have, even if it's not surfing, who have that you're aware of other activities that they use in the same way that you use surfing? Yeah, I feel like everybody has something, you know, to do during the day. And they, a lot of people have family, kids, which is awesome. So hopefully someday I'll be doing that. But, um, yeah, a lot of guys, you know, you got video games, all that kind of stuff. People read, go out, have, uh, you know, enjoy great food. A lot of people like going around checking out new restaurants and stuff. So, some people I feel like Twitter everybody on, has yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody has their thing, you know, to, to get away and, and think about stuff. So, I don't want to make it sound like surfing's the only thing you do because obviously it's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> Feels like it. <laughs> well, so that's so that's the question. Then you, I know that you enjoy the outdoors um, more than just surfing. Uh, has surfing been a gateway to you to to find new places and to enjoy more of the outdoors that you maybe wouldn't have found for sure in the summer um yeah I, i've been camping my whole life so surfing there's a lot of surf camps and stuff like that you can venture to drive to down south or up north so um surfing definitely opened up a whole yeah like when i was learning i didn't even know any anything about that there's camping on cliffs and you can walk right down surf walk back up come back, drive home, like that kind of stuff is unbelievable for, for uh, California. Are you an RV camper or are you like a, all I need is a small tent camper? I have a, a tent on my Jeep. So you just fold it down, walk up the ladder, sleep, and then... On top of the Jeep? Yeah. Because I was going to say RV camping, no offense, is not actually camping. Like right, I, right. I have a friend who just recently was talking about taking his wife and daughter camping and the more he talked about it, the more I realized he meant they rented a cabin and <laughs> oh yeah right with air conditioning yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and plumbing i was like no that's not, that's not it i'm yeah. sorry that's not camping for sure um how comfortable is the top of your jeep uh it fold like it's a little memory foam okay fold it down all right it's enough that's pretty good yeah no yeah. That's, that's great i yeah, was gonna oh, ask yeah. you do you have like a foam pad that you put on the ground because yeah, sleeping it, on rocks folds, is not it folds fun. with it so when you fold over the ladder it just kind of pops out oh, perfect sleeping bag guy Sleeping bag, yeah. All right. Gets kind of, kind of cold by the uh, by the ocean sometimes. Sure. A little, like moisture. Pillow or stuff. just like bundle your clothes up. Bundled up sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bundled up sweatshirt. There you go. Um, so I might not have been a surfer, but I've used to camp. I used to be an interesting person. Um, have you done like Death Valley, Yosemite, Grand Canyon, stuff like that? Yosemite with my family. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I have a mammoth. Um, what else? Pretty much just surf, like. San Onofre, San Elijah, um, let's see, that one. Carlsbad, but I mean, that's not really camping, camping. I guess when I go in the summer, though, I go up to Utah, Moab, all that stuff and camp, rocks, um, where was it, Colorado sometimes, so that's really, that's when you get into the good camping. In the I recommend the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. It's been a while, but it was, <laughs> now, um, how does the team and I don't mean your teammates, but like the organization. How does the front office feel about you 
really enjoying an activity that could be potentially very dangerous. I mean, I'm pretty quiet about it. I feel like <laughs> we're talking about a video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I think they trust me. I mean, I've been doing it since I was young. That's mm-hmm. kind of, if I didn't do it, I'd be pretty bored. So, um, you know, as long as I do my job and, and do it well, um, hopefully they can accept that. I mean, that is part of what I do. So it's going to help me do well on the ice. And how does your family feel about it? Your mom never get worried? No, she, I guess they kind of, um, what's the word? I don't know, they expect me to do it. So they're always, <laughs> sure. oh, where'd you go in the summer? <laughs> Asking for pictures and videos half the time. How would you feel if you got a motorcycle? Oh, that's, I think that's in the contract. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so motorcycle <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. That's for sure, yeah. Gotcha. yeah. There's a limit. Yeah. There's All right. Uh, There's definitely a limit. Is we got the Bills and the Dolphins this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who you got? Yeah, the Bills. Yeah, for I, sure. I probably got the Bills too. For sure. I'll I'm resigned to it. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Good times.